This episode of the Vacant House Podcast is brought to you by Natural Light's new beer, Natterdays. We here at Natural Light headquarters love making college students the world's most awful beer possible. So, why not make the world's most awful beer a little more interesting? Introducing Natterdays. Adding a strawberry lemonade flavor to this horrendous beer will definitely be a game changer. Natural Light's new beer, Natterdays, somehow making things worse. Hello and welcome back to the Vacant House Podcast, where thoughts turn into banter. As always, my name is Kyle Bargo and I'm joined by Spike Salter. What's going on, everybody? And Hayden Snook. Hello, hello. So last episode, we discussed what about the future scares us, but this time around, we thought it would be a good idea to look at stuff that currently drives us nuts. But before we do that, what's new with you guys? Hayden? Well, today... On my sales adventures, I secured a new customer. Uh, sales <laughs> actually adventures a nice with Hayden. Sales, sales adventures with Hayden. Cue music. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's the Front Street Bakery in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. So if you're listening and you live near Hollidaysburg, or if you're going to plan a spontaneous vacation to the Altoona area, Feel free to stop by the Front Street Bakery, buy a pastry, and use my paper product. And you can't just buy one pastry when you go to the Front Street Bakery. You have to buy how many? Four. Four, Four pastries. Four. <laughs> what about you, Spike? What's new? So, guys, we just planned our vacation. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. What is it, Joe? And once again, we are going to Ocean City, Maryland, and it should be a grand time. And what we're staying what in a generic uh, place. <laughs> and we're, are we staying in some sort of apartment or what was it again yeah um I, we found like a it's like a four-bedroom apartment and then it has like a living room and it says for eight guests but i'm pretty sure we'll be, we'll be fine with 10 honestly i'm just happy that it's only like a 10 minute walk away from shenanigans pub yeah that'll be really nice that took us that was awesome. longer than 10 minutes whenever we walked last time wasn't it oh yeah, it was long. the it was the entire boardwalk got a, yeah because yeah, the uh, dunes are, is right at the beginning of the boardwalk right. and we had to walk two mile two three yeah. mile but no i'm I'm, ex- I'm extremely pumped for that i think it's going to be a good time yeah for Fargo, sure. what about you what's new with you so i actually was alerted today of something called unclaimed property of pennsylvania so yeah this is, new, this is new to you guys do you know this about no this, you know this? yeah i know about this uh, do you have a lot of money i have I have two things that are in my name and they're both less than a hundred dollars. Could so that could mean like sixteen cents or whatever it could be, but uh-huh. I'm still gonna submit for it. Do you know what this is, Spike? I have no idea. So essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hayden. Um so just to give you a little bit of backstory, a guy that I work with uh used to have a lot of his grandfather bought a ton of Disney stock in his name back in like the early two thousands. And whenever his grandfather passed away since he wasn't eighteen all his stocks were sold off and put into unclaimed property until he turned of age. So everyone in the office gives him shit because he, he could have had a, a ton of a ridiculous yeah. amount of money because Disney's now at its all time high at 135 bucks as opposed to in the twenties in 2009. So essentially this unclaimed property of PA, you, you go to this pa treasury.gov slash unclaimed property site and you can type in your last name 
Or if you have a generic last name like Smith that populates thousands and thousands of people, you can put more information in like your first name, your city, whatever. But you can essentially type in Salter and it'll show you all unclaimed or unsettled uh, funds and items over the past however many years that the state keeps track of. So if your uh, address changed or if your name was misspelled or something like that, when a company was trying to give money back to you, let's say like you closed your account, that money goes into unclaimed property and it sits there. So actually, Spike, I looked up UN Hayden's names and I didn't find anything for Hayden, but Lori has a few things floating out there. Yeah. Oh, and dude, what it dude, does. Let's, let's be honest. Hold on real quick. Lori Stelzer might be the MVP of this entire podcast. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, she gets mentioned more than anyone else. <laughs> she really <does. laughs> She's great. But anyway, I looked up Salter, and I think I think Papa Rick popped up a few times. But Lori, yeah, Richard, who is what's Quickster? What is what? Like the one the company that they owe money for, they owe the money. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of freaking Hershey company in here for Dorothy. But, I am uh, actually looking up Lori Salter right now. Yeah, oh my so gosh, she is a lot. Yeah, so and it tells you like what it was, um, and then it either gives you over or under a hundred dollars. So again, under a hundred dollars could mean six cents, uh, yeah. or it could mean ninety nine dollars. So literally, like Lori would go in and click, check the little box, and request the claim form, which I'm going to do, and it literally asks you for your address, verification, social. And then you mail that letter in and you get a check back with whatever that unsettled amount was. So definitely worth looking into. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. My dad has two from Quickstar too. Hmm. Prim- might have been Primerica? Like a... Primerica. Barco? Yes. Primerica, yeah. Primerica was how I, what my dad had the, uh, the college savings through for the longest time. So uh... he thinks that's like $2, if anything, of just unsettled <laughs> money. But I'm going to submit for it just for, just for shits and gigs. But I found out about that today, and I was like, that's that's something that I feel like no one knows about, that stuff just floats out there, and you don't know. You might have, if the executor of, like, someone's estate or someone's, uh, what do they call it when you die, uh, someone's will, if Your they don't, will, like, yeah. cross all these boxes and make sure everything gets done, this money just floats out there, so it's worth double-checking. So, huh. I, yeah. I, I just saw something. Uh, Brock's grandfather actually has over a hundred dollars owed to him what's the uh what's the company it's uh prudential financial hmm. interesting yeah. so i might have to like message him and be like hey yeah <laughs> i feel like you can, grand, under, i feel like you can really grand, go down the yeah. rabbit hole with these two like you, I, I told Brittany's mom and i told a bunch of different people about this already i think aldo if you look up aldo's name it has two or three that are tied to gamestop which is hilarious <laughs> so Why? i don't know how gamestop i don't know how gamestop would lose your information yeah um, that's weird unless like it was on a card that was closed and they still he had like a, a credit on there i'm not sure but yeah there's my little uh tidbit of the day so if you don't get anything from this podcast understand that unclaimed property is a thing in the state of pennsylvania and you may be entitled to your money and your cash settlement so so just just to throw this in there uh Isaac Orndorf is also owed <laughs> some money from GameStop. Oh, really? No. Yeah, but yeah, it says Isaac Orndorf, GameStop Corporation. Isn't that weird? Like you just type in someone's name and like and I didn't realize this entire have. thing was public. I thought it would be like a report where you submit like your name and your social and it gives you an account and it tells you if anything's there. But everything is just completely public information. And Pennsylvania says on their on their 
front page or whatever that this is your money. So we're Pennsylvania's trying to give it back to you, which I don't know if I really buy that, but I like that this is even a thing. So pretty neat. Yeah. My pap actually is owed under a hundred dollars from nationwide and target target. Yeah. That's that's surprising. A lot of the retail places surprise me. Like I feel like banks, uh, like companies you did like investments through or even like early software companies, but I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So, uh, as always, before we jump into anything, we ask that you subscribe and rate our podcast on whatever podcast podcast platform you're using. Uh, Hayden, Spike, and I were talking earlier, and we're really trying to push to get on the is it new and trending, new and upcoming, new and noteworthy, new and noteworthy new. lists on Apple. So uh, that would be awesome if we can get some more attention from some external sources and and really get a lot of feedback. And like I said, we love to hear about feedback because it motivates motivates us to keep pushing forward and keep doing what we do. So we obviously post weekly content on our Instagram page and our Twitter at uh, Vacant House PC. So check that out if you haven't. And then we also wanted to mention our new in the mail promo. So I'm going to let Hayden take that away. Yeah. So um, we're starting kind of a mailbag um, in the mail kind of. Uh, segment here where we're going to be taking your questions as the fans and the listeners and use utilizing your questions to kind of incorporate them into our podcast. So if you go to our Instagram page, there will be a little uh, subsection under our name that says AMA. And if you hit that and then hit send us a message, we'll get your message and your question will go directly to us. Um, once you do that, we will uh basically put a list together of all the questions we get and we already got a pretty good abundance of questions uh a bunch from like kind of the same people one or two from a couple different people but we'd love to hear like see more and get asked a couple more questions so feel free to shoot us a message and go to that uh specific story to possibly get involved in the podcast in some way and feel free to ask you know anything i mean of course silly ones are okay but you know we we kind of want to start discussion too so feel free to ask you know serious questions our opinions on stuff obviously not too controversial but our opinions on stuff maybe something about the podcast something about ourselves really anything we're trying to you know personalize this uh this podcast with you guys and make it a little more uh genuine so ask anything ask away and like i said this is going to be recurring so don't just think that after the first episode that we have it on we're just going to stop, keep sending them. And we're going to, we're going to keep doing it. So mm-hmm. that's really all I have. Yep. And yeah. just, uh, just to kind of show you how it's going to work. We'll be like, Oh, it's time for the mail in the mail segment of the podcast. <laughs> and then uh, we'll just <laughs> ask really a good. question. Like that. That's exactly <laughs> how we should do it. <laughs> we'll just ask a question and I'll be like, Spike at NM Fisher asked, how does Spike feel about not being better than Clay Morgan at tennis in high school? Am I supposed to answer that right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. All right. All right. Um, so the question is, how do I feel about Clay Morgan being better than me at high school tennis? I will answer it with this. I will try not to be too mean. Clay Morgan has never beaten me in tennis. Therefore, I'm not sure how somebody can be better than me if they've never beaten me. So I'll, I'll end it there. There's some real beef there. You gotta. Oh, there's there's no beef. I'm uh, I've never lost to him. So, you gotta give uh, him the. Come on. 
Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but but that's essentially what we're gonna be trying to do. Uh, like we said, we're gonna try to make a, a whole episode out of these, and then kind of make it a recurring segment throughout different episodes. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we get a lot of feedback from you guys and a lot of different input because it can definitely get get really funny and heated like that um, to where it's more of like an inside joke, or it can be this broad revolutionary topic that none of us ever thought of, and that could literally be. 30, 40 minutes of our podcast. So that, that's what's really exciting for us. And it's uh, it's less time that we have to go through and try to conjure up these different podcast ideas. And to be honest, our topic backlog gets gets pretty old after a while. So <laughs> we're, definitely looking we're always looking for new that. things. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so Vargo. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of segue in, we were just talking about Target, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about my first pet peeve because it's kind of irritating me now that I'm sitting here thinking about Target. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So my number one pet peeve is absolutely people who cut in line. Mm-hmm. It's just something about that. Just it sends a knife into my spine. And whenever I'm standing in line, especially if it's like a long line, if it if I've been standing there for – a decent amount of time, at least over 10 minutes. And then I see a group of people just kind of wedge their way in. Or uh, a good example is one time I went to winter jam. And if you don't know what winter jam is, it's like a Christian music festival. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. I, I might've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my father screaming at my dog upstairs. Um, oh yeah. Shout out Tide. Hey Tide. Shout out to Tide. Oh man. Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what to say now. Oh man. But especially if I'm waiting there in line for a substantial amount of time. Um, And I was saying about Winter Jam. Winter Jam is like a Christian music festival and you have to wait in line forever in order to get a good seat. And this one year they did it and they didn't have any type of barrier to like kind of form the line. And everyone just started rushing towards the door rather than waiting to get in. Mm. And, Oh man, I was like, this is not very Christian of any of you. (laughs) (laughs) You're all going to hell. I was yeah, you're all going to hell because you're budging in line. But yeah, that just drives me up the wall. And I'm curious to see what you guys, where your standpoint on that is. Yeah, I absolutely, that's one of my biggest pet peeves too. Uh, It happened a lot in college at Baker, which was our food court. Oh, I hated everybody. So whether or not, so there was our main line to just get, get swiped into the food court. And there were all the different sub lines um, for like, if you want to go to the grill or you want to get a salad or some pizza, but people would always cut in line there. And that is to me the most irritating thing ever because you're watching it in front of you and it seemed, it always seems super douchey when people do it too. Like there's never a good reason. Like if I, if it was black Friday and they're doing lines for, for or like essentially you're, you're shopping on black Friday for Christmas presents and there's a woman in front of me or behind me that says, oh, there's only one left. My son really wanted this. Maybe I'll consider it. But don't just come in with a group of people and act like you own the place and, and you can just cut in line for whatever reason. Another time people cut in line that really pissed me off was whenever we went to go see Antonio Brown and get him to sign stuff in Huntington. People cut in line there. And guess what? Antonio Brown, being the POS he is, left really early. And a lot of us didn't even get to take a picture or get anything signed whatsoever. Um, glad he's yeah, out. Yeah, I of... forgot. I forgot about all those people like mm-hmm. cutting in line. Yeah, man. I forgot it, about that. Yeah, man. That that's a stuff like 
that never leaves me. And and you, when you cut in line, when you're sober, I think there's a little bit of a difference. But when you cut in line, I immediately put you on a list of people that have very poor judgment and that aren't a good type of person. Uh, I absolutely hate when people cut in line. Like you said, it, it really really tickles my pickle in the wrong sort of way. Not not good stuff. But. That's hmm. Hmm. that that made me think of uh like oh man what was I gonna say? Oh like at, at Baker especially like you'll mm-hmm. be waiting there at lunch like it was right at opening time too and like sure there's not as many people in line but like whenever you gotta come up and just <laughs> just pretty much walk up and get in front of people it doesn't even like make any sense. And, and I will say that there are certain scenarios where I have cut and it's never in a scenario like that. But in a time where you feel like you don't really have everyone else is going to do the exact same thing and it's just a free for all and there's no structure. Yeah. I'll hop on board with that. But if there's people that are being genuine and waiting, I don't mess with it at all. Like for example, we went to Panama city for spring break. We talked about that on our vacations episode, but we went to go see, uh, a live concert and there were a ton of like, so I was 22, 21 at the time. I think I was, yeah, I would have been 21. And there were all these people waiting in line, like crowded around the, uh, crowded around the stage. And I literally went up on the left cause everyone was just like doing stupid shit and like running up and, and trying to do everything they could, they can do to get up and get close to the stage and touch whoever's singing. And the first two people that, that sang were were really, really bad. I can't even remember who I saw there. It was someone that was really cool to see, but like he had, he he hadn't been like big in, in a few years, but I literally went up the left side where the lines like weren't, weren't as deep. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to see my friend. I'm going to see my friend. And by the time I made it to the middle of the pack, I I just, you find some random guy and I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? Like some guy that you know is like stupid drunk or stupid high. that's just going to become your friend immediately. (laughs) It's like, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, yo, this guy's good. I'm like, yeah, he is. And then I just stand there. And that way people don't think that I just cut and everyone's pissed at me. But Do you guys remember going over to the Penn State concert and, like, all the oh, people that would keep barging in and out? Yeah. With the Logic concert? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. I wanted to kill, every- especially the ones that were, like, being douchebags about it, too. They were just, like, pushing everyone out of the way. And, like, any time I got pushed, oh, man. I just want to punch somebody. Yeah, man. It was at Club La Vela in 2018. And why can't I remember? It's really going to bug me the rest of the episode if I can't remember who the hell we saw. But Mike Posner. No, it wasn't Mike Posner. It was, some, <laughs> it was someone decent. <laughs> Juniata had Mike Posner or Posner or whatever. But, oh well. Anyway, um, what about you, Spike? you have line cutting experiences? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's it's obviously very, very annoying, but I don't think I've really had any, like, budging experiences that have really just set me off. You know what I mean? Like, I've never I've never really had it happen at, like, a huge event, and I'm excited to see something, and it just sets me over the edge. No memorable budging moments, but it's – no, I, I completely understand why it would be a pet peeve for you guys. Mm-hmm. It was Fetty Wap, by the way. That's right. That's I right. That. I remember Which seeing was... your Snapchat story. Yeah, and I felt like – Literally everyone around me except for that one drunk dude that I became. He was he had to have been like in his thirties, just in in a sea of like eighteen year olds that barely made it into the club. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever, but yeah, they weren't gonna do shit to me. 
what else we got on this list of stuff that makes us mad? So, so I'll I'll yeah, give my ahead. number one. Let me give my number one. Yeah. So all the other all the other pet peeves I had to actually think about. Not hard, but I had to think about, except for my number one pet peeve, which isn't even freaking close. It drives me insane to the point of where I just want to punch people in the face who do this. Oh my gosh. When people eat loudly <laughs> or suck on things loudly, like like uh, like cough drops, chew gum loudly, slurp their soup, stop doing that. <laughs> Nobody likes when you do that. It's not natural. When you eat and you hear yourself, why would somebody want to look at you when you're talking and doing that? Look at food in your mouth. You're gross. You're dumb. Get off the face of the planet. Stop doing that. So Spike, do you believe you have misophonia? Yes, absolutely. So misophonia is a disorder that means you suffer through hatred of sounds such as eating, chewing, loud breathing, or even... Repeated pen clicking. Does that bug you, Spike? No. No? Huh. No. So if I was a doctor, I probably would diagnose you with a mild case of misophonia. Not not the I full thing. Cannot stand it. Cannot no. stand it. <laughs> do, do you have any instance, Bargo, where you can relate? <sighs> not really, man. That doesn't really... There's a lot of things, like little tiny things that irritate me. So the other day at work, we turned all our fans on because our HVAC system in our building is so old and so bad that it's still blasting heat, even though it's 60 degrees out, 70 degrees out, which, so we just, we can't open any of the windows. We just blast all these fans and we have a ping pong. We have a conference room table that we play ping pong on. So we have this bowl of ping pong balls and one of the fans was shooting at this bowl of ping pong balls to where every, whenever it would rotate, you know, the fan that just goes back and forth whenever it would rotate it would move the whole bat or the whole bowl of balls. So you would just go from like silence to and then it'd go back and then it'd go and I went up and I literally sat the ball or the box of bowl or the bowl of balls. It's <laughs> a tongue twister on the yes. ground. And Ben who sits beside me was like, what was that? I'm like, you didn't hear that. <laughs> like I listened to it for two minutes and it drove me nuts. <laughs> so small stuff like that, but not, maybe I'm just not around enough loud eaters to hate it. Like, do you have someone in your family that's a loud eater, Spike? I'm not answering that. Oh. <laughs> um, we all know where it stems from. It's his brother, isn't it? I told you I'm not answering. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Yeah, you I knew feel it. Like to, have, to have a pet peeve. So, like, one of mine is messy shared spaces. And I know Hayden can relate. And, Spike, you can probably relate, too. But freshman year, we lived oh. with – so we were in East. I was in oh. East for, for three years, which East was a is a seven, eight-person uh, – you have seven, eight-person rooms. Dump. So four, four different rooms that have a common room attached. So you have one direct roommate and you live with seven other people or six or five depending on if they don't fill. But our freshman year, we lived with uh, – what was it? You, me, Phil, JM, and Craig from Mifco. So we all knew each other. And then Jake and Vanit went to Central Dolphin – who we played in football. So actually, whenever I had a track meet, I met both of those guys and they were really cool. And then we filled it with our last person we got was Jack. And I don't want to talk too much on Jack, but Jack was not a very clean person in terms of, and I mean, it, it's freshman year college. I mean, I had to learn to do laundry. You had to learn to clean dishes, do, do whatever. Uh, everyone's transitioning, but our common room, I was the most anal person. I still really am about things being clean. And when I would go into my room and there was stuff, it looked like a grenade dropped in there every time I got back from class. 
And that was literally putting me on bridge watch to where if there was a bridge in Huntington high enough, I would have jumped off of it, you know. But that really annoys me. When I moved up here, uh, I didn't really have that issue much the rest of the years. I mean, when I was with Hayden Aldo and Orndorff, our our room was pretty clean for the most part because uh, our common room really was just four people contributing to what you would call a mess. And then junior year, it wasn't that big of a deal at all. And senior year, we, we had six people in a house. Dishes were dirty sometimes, but I, I was at fault sometimes too. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh to do my summer associates, my internship with UPMC, and Chris Sinisi, who is he works for UPMC now. He's full time. He was in the he's in the same pro he was in the same program that I'm in now, and he got me into the program because we both went to Juniata together. But Bruno and I were looking for places to to stay if we were going to take the internship for UPMC since we're not local. We're from Lewistown State College area. Bruno's from Johnstown. And we're looking for places, and with how much we were getting paid as summer associates, it wasn't enough to justify having a decent place. So we talked to Chris, and he was able to, he let us move into his place, and I mean, that was a whole, I can talk for days about how much of a culture shock it was for me, like moving to Pittsburgh and everything, but we lived, we lived in Chris's, it was Chris, Sri, and some kid that went to Carnegie Mellon that we never saw, he wasn't there during the summer, but they all had their own rooms. And then Bruno and I lived in their living room and Sri, he was an Indian guy. So he made some delicious, awesome food. But every single time that I would walk into the kitchen, there were onions on the ground, onion peels on the ground, the sink, like the little thing that sits to, to where it collects food. That was always chocked full of like all these different, food smelt so bad because they sat in there for how long uh so i'm 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 not necessarily germaphobic but there's a lot of things that really bug me that when they're not necessarily clean hygienic just Mm -hmm. tidy to where you don't want anyone to see your house like this and you don't want to claim that you live there like that that's the stuff that that drives me nuts did you have that at all in your four years hayden um i wouldn't say in well Obviously, freshman year, you know my opinion mm-hmm. yeah. about that. Yeah, thank um, goodness I roomed with him. Yeah. Jack, if you're listening, I don't think you're a bad person. I just think you were very uncleanly freshman year, and you <laughs> should be considered blessed that we were not roommates. <laughs> Direct roommates. Good <laughs> Lord. Amen. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's interesting you say that about like uh, – being places and things being hygienic and nice and clean because I will be the first person to admit like my room. I, for some reason, like I never got into like really keeping my room 100% clean all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have like plates and like, like cans or bottles laying all around. And it's not because I don't like being cleanly. It's more because I just don't really feel like I have the time to just, clean my room sometimes and I just you know I, I don't really worry about it I, I know I asked my dad to pick me up a trash bin today just so I have a central place where I can put all everything that I, I'm gonna eventually take up and throw away mm-hmm. but I, I take care of my room and I wash my blankets usually and I take care of my laundry it's just I, I let like bottles and things lay around that don't really make sense for me to lay around when I could just take them upstairs and throw them away and I'm not really good at keeping my car 100% clean either. It's you probably saw that yeah. the other day. 
I, I always have tons of stuff in my car and it's not like garbage. It's more like things that I've accumulated from buying and purchasing or boxes. And mm-hmm. it's just, I, I don't know. It's well, not that I, I'm not a cleanly, you know? Yeah. I know I have that issue with my car and I don't want to, I don't want to say it's laziness, but more often whenever I'm taking my car somewhere, I'm either going to work where I'm, I'm not going to bring in a bunch of trash to throw it in a, in a trash can at, at or by my work, or I'm getting home from a long day to where I just don't want to do it. Or I went to Goodwill or groceries to where I'm not taking the trash in. So I think there's a mixture of all sorts of stuff <clears> there. And I think a lot of people that live with me senior year would probably attest to this, that I'm the messiest, cleanest person you'll ever meet to where if you walk in my room three days of the week, it might be like a bomb went off in terms of bottles, shit all over the place. But I'll go and like, quote unquote, clean my room once a week to where it's spotless. So it's like this weird, because you're right, Hayden, like you almost feel like you don't have time, but then I get annoyed by it. And then I either A, go to sleep and just forget about it. And then I have to get up early in the morning or get up and, and go directly to work. Cause I don't get up early in the morning, that kind of thing. Uh, or it has to be spotless because if I start cleaning, I don't want to just settle. So it's like a weird, I don't know. I feel like there yeah, are a lot I, of I people know what you like mean. me in that. I know what you mean. <laughs> whenever, like, whenever you start cleaning, you can't stop. You, yeah, you can't stop. And if you, you start to see little things, you start to notice certain things like, oh, this drawer isn't pushed in all the way, or that ba- ba- memorable baseball that I have up on the shelf isn't facing the right way. Like, you start to notice those little things around the room that you usually are normal with. Mm-hmm. So my my car is not the cleanest, but it's always easy stuff to clean out. If that makes like it's it literally is just like a couple bottles and maybe like a couple pamphlets or something like that. It's never like like a bunch of crumbs or anything. So my car isn't the cleanest, but it's definitely easy to clean. As far as actually getting annoyed of pe- like like uh messy spaces messy clean or uh, spaces with people i've never really had to deal with that because like obviously i lived in a house and I had my own room mm. uh, and then i went freshman year to college and while i shared a small dorm room we both had like our own sides so mitch my my uh, my roommate even if i'm not saying his was dirty but even if his side was dirty i really didn't care because it's his side who cares like it's not mine i don't, I don't care um mm. And then sophomore year, I lived in a house and had my own room. So it was like, if someone else's room is dirty, not my problem. And then uh, junior, the senior. shared spaces, though. Yeah, but we didn't share any spaces. I mean, like, like other than the living room. Living room, right? Yeah, Couches, but I mean, if chairs. it was like. But I mean, like, what's going to be on a couch other than just. I mean, if there's a cl- like a. A piece Mitch. of clothing, I would just throw it. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch yeah, hair, right? maybe maybe Mitch. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like even the shared spaces, if it's their mess, I just kind of went around it. Like I just kind of yeah. kind of blocked it off in my head. Is that's really not my problem. I don't yeah, care. See, um, I, I, I was never the person. I was never the person who like. I know some people, especially mothers. You know, like this example when when you would say, "Can I have someone come over?" and your mom would be like, "Oh, but the living room isn't clean." You'd be like, "Mom, who cares?" It's one of those things. I never care. If someone comes in and says, whose mess is that? Oh, it's this person, not mine. Don't care. Um, and now I'm living with my brother. I've lived with him the past three years. Nothing, none of our shared spaces are really dirty. But if like 
one of the spaces were dirty and hits his his stuff, I would just throw it on his bed or really not care. I just tell him to clean it up. See, so that that one really doesn't bother me. That's that's where we differ because like yeah, like someone's room isn't really my business. I don't really care. Like if we live together, I wouldn't look in your room and be like, Spike, you should really clean your room. Because at the end of the day, it's your room and you can close the yeah. door and yeah. no one's gonna be having a party in your room or no one's gonna be sitting in your room hanging out up here, right? But at what point does mess in shared spaces become your problem, even if it's not? So, for example, someone doesn't do their dishes, and you have a small sink, and it stacks up in the sink. So now yeah. you can't do your dishes. So now it's like a snowball effect. I've had that. I've had to where, like, senior year, we had a pong table set up to where I wasn't even there that weekend. And there's just beer cans everywhere, and, and the ground's sticky. And in my perspective, maybe it's because I do it, but if I don't do it, a, it annoys me, and B, I feel like it doesn't get done. So, like, if it's something that I have to come home every day and I walk into it and I'm like, oh, this still isn't cleaned up, instead of just, like, waiting for someone to clean it up, I just clean it up. Which oh, I I'm, guess, 100, I'm 100% yeah. the opposite. I will yeah. I will actually play a game with that person where I will continue to either, A, use the dishes and then put it underneath their dishes, or B, <laughs> buy my own paper plates and paper and paper products until they do the dishes themselves. Mm-hmm. I will make it a game and they will lose. Interesting. That's interesting. Last year, whenever I was living in the house, we had a common occurring issue with, with dishes. And I seemed to be the easy one to pick on because I barely ever like ran down into the living room and like hung out in the living room. Uh-huh. I would always stay to myself upstairs. So eventually, like I would let my dishes that I used up in my bedroom. So then they would accumulate downstairs. And then whenever someone blamed me for the dishes being built up, I said, no, my dishes are upstairs. You guys haven't washed your dishes. (laughs) And like that was towards the end of the year. And like, I remember we almost got into like a big, huge argument about it. But I had like evidence that I had my dishes upstairs. So it was pretty easy to win. Didn't Phil throw away the dishes? Yeah, Phil threw away the dishes. Which, uh, to be fair to Phil, yeah, Phil, Phil's space literally was that kitchen, mm. and he cleaned he cleaned everything. Usually, he kept the whole kitchen clean because he lost like a lot of weight mm-hmm. by eating right and cooking and right. doing things right. And so I I understood where he got mad enough that he just threw the dishes out. <laughs> man, when he did that, that about caused World War, World War Three in our house, man. Oh man, so that's much shit be, was talked. That's got to be the number one reason why, like, apartment, like, you know, roommates fight. It's got to be dishes. Oh yeah, not yeah. Dishes are just like time and space and, and yeah, like, intrusiveness and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's hard to live with people. That's why you got to find people oh, yeah. you like living with because you're best friends. Like, we could all live together and we're really good friends, and we might make for terrible roommates. You know, yeah, based on because yeah. someone's different when you're living with them versus just seeing them a lot right so yeah it it is i will i will say it is better to like probably live with someone that you're not used to Mm -hmm. living with so i i actually like living with isaac was easier than living with phil because i was more familiar with phil and we knew how to push each other's buttons Mm -hmm. and whenever you're whenever you know how to push someone's buttons, obviously if you're in a mood, you're going to push them. So oh, yeah. <laughs> and well, Isaac, Isaac and I weren't like best friends, but we had wrestling WWE to relate to. So it was kind of easy to get along with him. And he was a clean person too. So he was, mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty easy to live with him. Well, that's why I remember recommending Isaac 
because I knew he was a really clean person. So it was us, you, me, and Aldo, who is literally the world's biggest germaphobe and, and clean person. And Orndorff was a very, very clean person. So I was like, let's put four clean people together in a room half the size, and our place is always going to be super nice. And it was, for the most part. I think that the biggest, like, setback of that room, like, not, like, people aside and everything, was the fact that we went from having two showers to one shower. And the fact we all played football that year, anytime that, like, spring ball and stuff, we all had to come in and take shifts to shower. Like, that was the most annoying thing ever. But other than that, it was really nice. So, Spike, what about uh one of your other pet peeves? Let me see. Okay. Um, so this was number four on my list, but that's just because I came up with it later on. And it was one of those like aha moments that it's definitely number people who can't hold conversation while they're texting and or using their phone in, in some setting. So I cannot stand when I am talking to somebody and either a, they're already looking at their phone and can't hold a conversation or B mid conversation, they start to look at their phone and then like, they'll just look up me, look up at me and say, what? I can't stand that. I don't understand how that's not the rudest thing ever. Yeah, I completely agree. And that kind of relates to one of my pet peeves too. And that's uh, whenever I'm talking to someone and you have like, you think you're having an engagement or yeah, an engagement, an engaging conversation. And five minutes later, five minutes into you talking and telling this really, this story you're really into. And like, you have all these details that you're telling them. And then they just look at you and say, what? So do you, do you find yourself, I know I find myself doing this sometimes. Do you find yourself like talking a little bit? You'll give it like five seconds as they're looking into their phone and then you'll just stop and pause and look into them until they look up at you. I honestly, I usually, I usually, hmm, sometimes I catch myself, like I'll keep talking, but then whenever they do look at, like, look at me and say, what, or what, what were you saying? Or something like that. Then I'm kind of like never mind like I, yeah. i'm more of a just forget about it well that's the like, thing even, it's like if they're, it, it could be the most important thing in the world that i'm telling them yeah and i i will not tell them then <laughs> that's the thing if they're gonna if they're gonna do that like obviously what you're saying doesn't mean anything so why would you keep going yeah you know there's, what I mean? there's no point to no i mean if if they don't care then i don't care why should exactly. i care hey, Barger, does that bother you at all it bothers me a good amount Hayden, you do that a lot. <laughs> well, I, I do do that. But we all do maybe, it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I do do that very often, and I think that's why I don't like it. Yeah, like the most. Yeah, and it's just like when I do do that, it's mostly because I get like lost in thought. It's not because I'm looking at my phone or it. It depends. Like, Sometimes like I'm busy and I have people that. texting me. And yeah, what's that? I said, I feel like the people that do that don't actively like no one's like saying, thinking in their head, like this conversation is more important than what someone's saying. I'm not going to listen to them. I feel like you just yeah. get like people get it's caught up in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And you just subconsciously get stuck. But I mean, I know like, I don't think you do it that much anymore, but I remember sophomore year, we would always, I feel like we'd always be hanging out a little bit in the common room and you'd either have the show on or something and you'd just be like engulfed in your phone. And you, whenever you would get like stuck in your phone, you were stuck in your phone. Yeah. Which was like, you, I don't think you're like, I like that at all anymore, but it was, it was funny because I just feel like I'd walk in and it'd be like five seconds until you realize I'm even, I even came in because you're just like so sucked in. It's like a different reality. 
Yeah, I uh, I think mainly freshman year and sophomore year I was like that the most. Mm. Probably because I was super depressed to be at college, and I mm-hmm. when I was at the RA, like I, that was the most oh, unhappiest yeah. I've ever been. And it was yeah. just I I went into like a sunken place almost whenever I was looking at my phone. It was just kind of straight YouTube videos and looking at Twitter. It's definitely more rude when they're not doing it at first, and then mid conversation, right. yeah, yeah, that's I never do that. That's never done that. Yeah, that that definitely annoys me because it makes you feel like if you're telling the story, it makes you feel like your story's not good enough or you're not good enough, and it's not right. entertaining. But Snook, do you mind telling? I know it's a deep dark place, but do you mind telling the uh, the story whenever people were throwing the bottles above us? Oh, <laughs> oh no. I love that story. Oh, when I was the RA? Yeah. Okay, so my my sophomore year, I get I get an RA job. I'm resident assistant. If you don't know what that is, you've never been to college, so it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> but the RA is basically the student that's chosen to basically take care of all the dumb idiots that <laughs> decide to get drunk on the weekends and make sure everyone's safe. And you were at East. <laughs> and I was at East, a.k.a. Party Central at Juniata for freshmen through juniors. Where all the dumb idiots convene. <laughs> yeah, where, where all the dumb idiots convene. And <laughs> it was my first weekend on duty. And I'm already a nervous wreck because it's my first weekend ever by myself. I had no backup. The first two weekends – it was kind of a training period where you had the, the resident director with you. But this time I was by myself facing a sea of dumb idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one room in particular that is at the top floor of a floor. And don't get me wrong. I liked the guys when, whenever we talked. I really did enjoy having them as resident residents. Uh, but this night really set the standard for what 2015 was going to be for Hayden Snook. <laughs> so the night begins everyone's pissed drunk i'm standing out in the lawn and (laughs) shout out to anton morrow i know he's been listening and he's also been uh following us on the instagram page giving us some likes and stuff shout out to him because he was the first person i ever had to write up (laughs) i felt so bad because he was a teammate but he he takes a beer (laughs) and i'm like i'm like anton you can't have that beer out in the out in the grass because like you're not allowed to drink outside of the the buildings. Mm-hmm. And he said, "What'd you say? Chug it." And I was like, "No, Anton, don't." <laughs> oh, chug it. And as he's doing as he's saying this, my RD, the resident director comes behind me, who's my boss. He pulls up in his golf cart behind me and he's like, "Chug it, right?" And I'm like, "No, Anton, just dump it out. Please dump it out." And Anton proceeds to put a hole in the can, crack it open, and shotgun a beer right in the middle of the east uh, lawn. And I'm like, oh, I, I just I remember it felt like slow motion. Anton puts the beer, throws the beer down. I turn behind my back, and my RD's there, just shaking his head, "Yes, write him up." <laughs> so. And so that that's just like start. a prelude to this. Yeah, that was the start of F Snook 2015. Yeah, that, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, next thing you know, there are liquor bottles flying out of a window at the top <laughs> floor. And obviously, that's a big no-no. Someone could get killed. Like, someone could die. <laughs> You're even supposed to have your screen out of the window. And, and, not, and not only that, not only that, 
they had they kept having people there was a huge party in the room and they kept having people come out into the stairs and that's a fire hazard so like it, people are supposed to be able to escape in case there's a fire so i had to go up and warn them probably six times about people on the stairwells well then i see two like one bottle fly out the window then another bottle and then another bottle so i said you know what I had enough and I called my resident director and I said, I'm shutting this place down. And he's like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Sophomore uh, rookie RA Hayden on duty. I walk upstairs. I flip on the lights. I walk over to their speaker, turn off the speaker. I say, everyone out. The most outrageous booze I have ever heard <laughs> in my life. People just, I, I thought I was in danger. I felt I, like I was in danger. And these two senior volleyball players cornered me out in the stairs and were screaming at me. And I'm on I'm on the line and I'm saying, are they on duty to East? Are they on duty to East? <laughs> I'm like panicking that I'm about to get beat up by these senior volleyball players. So I, I run down the stairs with them trailing behind me. And they are just howling at me. And finally Steve comes up and Steve calms them down and gets them put into uh, gets them back into the building and Steve's like, are you all right? And I'm like, I guess, <laughs> but at that time, right at that time, Yik Yak was getting popular in college and Yik Yak is prime time cyber bullying <laughs> for sure. And the, the most number one trending post on our campus that night was hashtag fuck snook 2015. Oh Yeah. And that was a doozy. It was it was how many likes did it have? Like over a hundred likes or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I don't know, man. I don't know who posted it, but you had I couldn't go on there and not upvote it and like it. Yeah. It was just so funny. Like because <laughs> at that I point did. I wasn't I mean, even I, liked it. I just thought it was ridiculous. Well, yeah, and at they, that point I didn't even know what had happened. I was like, Oh boy, yeah. Snook's probably not gonna be happy tomorrow morning. Yeah. Because your night so, would go till what normally three because you'd end yeah, at two. three in the morning yep i'd have yeah. to stay up an extra hour just to make like do my reports and mm -hmm. everything but <laughs> like in within the next week the dean actually called me into the office then and she sat me down and ellen campbell is the most sweetest dean ever most one of the most sweetest person people i've ever met and she sits me down and she goes hayden do you still want to be an ra <laughs> <laughs> I just slowly said, "Yeah, I guess. I guess." There were, yeah, was there bad. were so many, there were so many like stories from that year just pertaining to you being an RA. Not even it, necessarily the fact that we had like the inside scoop. Even when you weren't on duty, you knew really what was going on. So there were just so many different things that, that we heard about, like as they were happening or right before it happened or right after it happened. Uh, the one thing I do remember doing, so we lived in, we obviously lived with Hayden. It was me, Isaac, Aldo and Hayden. And so we had RA marked on the door. And I remember all the, all the doors had like the little peephole where you could see outside of them and you couldn't see in. And the big party rugby room was in, let's say it was tower six or five, whatever. I think it was five and six. And we were in between both of those towers. So literally when I first started dating Brittany, um, which was freshman year in the spring, I think in the fall, there were a few nights where we would just stay in and relax. And I think it was the first time I ever did this. And then I continued it probably five or six times. I definitely did it on Halloween, which was hilarious, but I would take a broom 
and I would fish it. I would hear the doors close because you'd be able to see out of the window from our common room people coming into the tower, and you'd hear the door open. And what I would do is I'd either stick like a dollar down and like pull it back in, <laughs> and then the door would be locked, or I'd have this uh, this broomstick, and I would jab at people's feet to where not to make them trip, but to just like freak them out. And the amount of drunk people that you would see in their face because you could have you could have one eye up and and mess around with the broomstick. You could see in their face how mad they were, and then I think their drunkenness saw the door and it said RA, and they were like, I had to have either been imagining this, it's not shit I want to get into, to where like no one really flipped out. There was this one time, uh, he was a men's tennis player, a foreign exchange kid, I don't know what year he was, but I, I did that one weekend, and he was pounding on the door, like pounding. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do to the point where he left. And I was like, oh, thank goodness he's gone. And he walked outside and then <laughs> continued pounding on the window outside of our room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, like this, this is never going to end. But, yeah, that year was was so funny. Was, I remember that. Of... I remember that. I just I just remembered I was on duty that night and <laughs> I saw him pounding on the window and I went over. I said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's when he left that's when he was done because i looked in the i looked in the window then and saw your drunk ass laughing your ass off in there and i just i just did my classic put my hands up and walk away and shake my head i was just i was oh, so ma- uh, amazed that you were just pranking kids on your day yeah, it was funny we found spike love at first sight in that uh yeah. from that window too for a little who bit was that? who was that uh ellie remember that uh, just we're not. No. I wasn't gonna go into detail, but but literally, the, I lifted the window open when we were all drunk one night, and the sc- there was obviously a screen, and I, I I don't even know how it started, but I think I was just like, "Hey, what's going on?" Just to like a big group of people, and she was just like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" I was like, "Hey, this is Spike. He's my friend." <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go talk to him." And she comes in and just talks to you for a little bit, and that was it. But I was like, "Ah, look at me." <laughs> I just I just remember just. Like five yeah, minutes, you were not that. having any like, of it. I was just five minutes into it. I was like, please leave, please. Yeah, just you were not, you were not having any of it. And then I had <laughs> no. you with, uh, with thumbs up girl. Remember that? Thumbs up girl. Yeah. No. Okay. We're not going to get deep into that one. We'll talk please about don't. that later, but please don't. Um, yeah. We'll talk about it. Oh, that oh yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about that one either. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we'll have more, more college talk. Um, yeah. another one of my, another one of my pet peeves, and this happened earlier is as a tech person, when there's technology issues that I literally cannot fix and they're uncontrollable, that is the biggest like trigger to me whatsoever. Because earlier today, like my internet's not bad. It's good internet. And there's just a few times, like I feel like every time we're about to start the podcast, it jumps a little bit here and there. And you guys might notice because we're doing this via discord, like online, we're not obviously all together, but there's a few times that we won't be able to catch it and there'll be like a little bit of like a robot noise and that's just the connection. So I'll start this up and it'll be really, really bad to where I have to go reset the internet. Sometimes that won't fix it. Uh, about three weeks ago, I had downloaded MLB the show. I, I had bought MLB the show and downloaded the updates and played the first night. And then the next night I went to go play my PlayStation wouldn't connect to online. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And and it was like 11 o'clock and I kept trying over and over again. And I'm like, it's not our internet because we've restarted it. I'm not sure what it is. And my roommate Keza comes up and he's like, hey, 
is something wrong with the internet? I was like, oh yeah, we just restarted it. He's like, no, well, my PlayStation's not working. I'm like, dude, me neither. I don't know what's going on. And he had done a lot of research too, and we were trying to figure it out. Turns out that, or uh, not Xfinity, who the hell do we have now? Verizon blocked RIPs, or, or sorry, Sony blocked RIPs because they deemed it malicious. So I have a theory that when I was downloading a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have been downloading, <laughs> they caught that, oh, and so- Sony detected it. Verizon didn't touch it because I imagine that Verizon, unless people report things to Verizon as an ISP, they're not going to do shit about that kind of thing because there's so many different like that would be three fourth of their job is just like remediating people and and doing like corrective actions. They're not in the business for that. But Sony, who's trying to protect their own ass is going to do that kind of thing. So we literally had to call Sony the next day and request that we get like whitelisted and removed from the blacklist of IPs. And then it shortly worked after that. But whenever there's things that you can't fix, like on the spot, I just hate that. Like this is supposed to be my job and yeah. I could do it if it worked, but it's literally not something that I can even like touch. Like we talked about this before spike, like when you didn't have a great microphone, yeah. that's something I can't do. And I could do, I could put all these different effects on it, but there's a certain level where I it just bypasses my talent ability, possibility, nothing I can do. So, so you're that welcome. might just appreciate it. You're now, welcome. Spike, yeah, Hayden, get a mic. Hayden, get a mic. <laughs> just kidding. Wait, but, uh, why? Get a mic. Is my mic bad? I don't think it's bad, but you you might be next on the chopping block. I think Spike went up both of us, honestly, because mine yeah, still has that stupid it sounds. Head. His sounds phenomenal, actually. Like I can't believe how good. I kind of want to buy one of his just to. Well, to be honest, you guys bullied me into it. We could all buy one of his. Bullied you into it. Bullied me into it. We just want the highest of quality for our viewers. I thought I was the highest of quality. Well, we knew that. So if I buy a five hundred dollar mic, it's still not going to sound as good as yours because it's your voice. You have a podcasting voice. You're a beautiful person inside and out. Some say I'm the Jim Nance of podcasting. So. Inside joke. All right, we're gonna wrap this one up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any uh, any tech issues? I, I imagine that's just a me thing. Uh, actually, the more I think about it, I'm, it's probably not a, a tech just you thing, mm-hmm. because whenever I can't figure something out on the computer, and I know I'm not as tech savvy as others, I, I just I freak out. Like I, I almost lose my mind. And the other day at work, actually. We got this new PC in and my – not PC but laptop uh-huh. and my old laptop actually stopped working. So I had to take this uh, new one and it wouldn't – for some reason, our uh, our CRM software wouldn't work uh, if it wasn't like connected to Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there in a parking lot probably for a good two hours trying to figure out a loophole to get our VPN on a cellular connection to work to get this connected. And I finally figured it out. And I called my boss and I said, you owe me a raise. <laughs> and he well, just, I bet none of the other reps had any clue what was going on. Yeah. They, I mean, they, it's not like they, they could know because I had a different computer than them, Oh, I but see. they like, they weren't having any issues. I was the only one having issues because my old computer like broke. Mm, so I had I to, see. I had to figure out a way and I called my, my boss and then I called my dad and I was like, 
you have a smarter son than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was the shit for for a solid oh, 30 yeah. minutes. And then I realized, oh, I'm two hours behind on my route. Now I have to figure this out. <laughs> oh, I feel that. What about you, Spike? Anything there? I'm trying to think. Um, Spike's like, I live in Belleville. Yeah, I don't, I, have we have like, I don't really like. have to do it very often. <laughs> we have That's horse and buggies. <laughs> so I guess that that would be my that would be it is that the service there isn't great. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, my cell phone, my, I mean, we've had cell phones there for a while. Like I still don't get cell phone service there. Mm. So really that would be the only techie thing that annoys me. Um, and it's the same thing with like PlayStation or something like that with the internet connection. It's not the greatest there, but I don't do a lot techie wise like you guys do. So like me doing anything other than just the simple stuff doesn't bother me. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Everyone's a little bit different. And yeah, like for someone who's completely reliant on technology and being connected all the time and Hayden is the same way because he's doing his routes and trying to trying to do that from that perspective, it's you you obviously face that problem a lot more and that is like a lot it hits closer to home right mm-hmm. so it definitely so. is annoying not getting not getting great cell phone service there though cuz i know when we have like group chats with uh someone who doesn't have an iphone i don't get the group messages because oh, you probably get 100 group. messages all at once yeah oh. i'll get 100 messages as soon as i drive up the road like 2 or 3 miles oh, when i yeah, get actual sure. service but when we so when i get you know when we do iphone messages like groups like that obviously i'll get them right away cuz it's wifi but when we have somebody who has like an android or something like that i don't get the messages until i'm like already driving up the road so like say i'm driving up the road and the like the the uh, plans completely changed I would have no idea until I'm already until I'm already like leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And when that's happened several times when we've uh, when we've planned for Black Friday shopping, like for instance, Noah doesn't have an iPhone, so every single Black Friday trip that we plan, I have to make sure I text one of you guys to stay in the loop because you guys have iPhones. If I just solely relied on the group chat, I would be completely out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have another pet peeve that I want to bring up. Uh, and I know you two can probably relate to this. It's when parents won't shut up at sporting events. I I don't know if it drives you guys crazy, but it absolutely drives me insane. I was blessed to have parents that if I said, Hey, don't say a word and just watch the game and cheer. And they did that. So it was, it was very nice to have that. And, I just can't believe even at the college level, there were parents that were screaming at the coaches and, and carrying it on. And I'm thinking you have absolutely no control uh, over any of this. So why are you even talking? Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. And half the time it's because they care more than the kid, than their actual kids do about the sporting yeah. event. A lot of parents live through their kids through that. I'm not saying, I'm saying, not saying all of them, like obviously some of them are just passionate about, you know, kids sports, or whatever, but some are way too far into it and way too far invested in it. Yeah. Um, there was uh, there was a little league game when I was probably 10 years old and the coach actually the coach's kid played on the team and I was pitching and I struck him out and the coach actually grabbed his kid and threw him on the wall and like held him up by his shirt and screamed at him while he was <laughs> in the dugout. <laughs> just because he struck out in little league that's crazy yeah. yeah i uh i was playing hall ball one time 
and the parents were taking it so seriously in Hallball that I actually had people uh, boo me. And, Seriously? and this is yeah, yeah. No, this is this that's a true story. Hallball uh, in yeah. Belleville? No, absolutely. Uh, I was not liked. And come on. No, come I on. no, I was just I was like fourth grade. Wow. And I remember I put up like 26, 28, and they were booing me, and the coach asked why they were booing me, and they thought that I was playing too much and I was scoring too much. And so I remember towards the end of the game, I had an air ball. And now, granted, I'm in fourth grade, and I shot an air ball, and I had parents screaming air ball at me. So you guys wonder why I'm competitive. Because at a young age, I had grown adults screaming air ball at me and booing me. That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I have, I have a ton of stories like that, you know, baseball, basketball. But um, sp- uh, about parents, though, I didn't allow my parents to go to my sporting events, so I didn't have to deal with my own parents doing that. Really? Like your parents were just like, okay, I won't, we won't go then. Yeah, yeah. Well, often I would do better too when they weren't there, but no, I didn't like my parents going to my sporting events. Wow. See, I I actually enjoyed having my parents there, but that's another thing. But like baseball in general, especially Babe Ruth, thirteen through fifteen, for some reason, I'll tell a story from this past summer. I I joined with my pap probably halfway through the season to help him coach the Milroy baseball team. And the first game I got there, we're playing Beaver Springs, one of the best teams in the in the league, and. For once, I, I went into this thinking I'm going to make these – because let me tell you, Milroy ba- Babe Ruth baseball team is te- was terrible. And they they had lost like all of their games until then. They're, they might have been 1-15 in 15 or something like that. And I get to the game and we're co- I'm coaching them and th- they're all happy that I'm there. I don't know if it's because I'm like a young new face or something, but they were they were just happy to have me there and – I was, I was really encouraging them and they were hitting the ball well and everything was going well. And they were up by probably six runs and we get to the seventh inning and I was coaching first base and we decide, my pap and I decide to put in a kid that wasn't like barely ever played. And I hear out of the corner of my ear, a parent go like yell at me and say, what are they, what are you guys doing? Said they yelled that at me. And I turned around and I said, we're putting a kid in that barely ever plays. And they were like, we need to win this game. And I said, we're up six runs. We can handle a kid that doesn't like get to play very often. You know, the kid always, it was always like, coach, oh, can we, can I get up to hit? And my pap would have to say no, because to be honest, the kid wasn't the best at baseball. But right there, the parents made the mistake of saying we're up by six. No, we're not up by six. Like, you know what I mean? And not that they're not part of the game. They're not playing. It's not their team. That that situation though escalated then to that that uh, parent yelling at me, telling me to get away from his kid who was on first base, and I was coaching on first base in the middle of the inning, and I basically turned around and said, "Let me do my job." And he he said, "I'll see you after the game." A parent, a, a grown forty two year old man, is yelling at me that I, he will see me after the game in the parking lot. Hmm. Once again, <laughs> taking it way too far and living through their kids. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's sad. It's almost pathetic, really. And I hope I he if he heard this, he would know who he was. And if he happens to listen to this, I hope you know I fucking hate you. Excuse my language. Riboflavin. <laughs> no riboflavin this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for for that kind of thing. I feel like that's more of a if you're watching a, a professional sporting game because even in college there were 
people, parents that took things too far. Yeah. And, and like, I get you it. You could hear them from the stands. Right. Like, they'd be screaming at Coach, Coach Lance. Like, they right. would scream at Coach so, Lance. So here's my thing is there are certain things that, like, I don't know how to phrase this. F- parents don't always know better than coaches. Sometimes they do know better than coaches. But they're not the ones putting the time in. So they don't get to like blast their opinions out. Like you don't just go into an executive board meeting on your on your first day as an employee and be like, "Oh yeah, you guys should do that this way." Like no, these people have had experience there. There's a reason they're doing it the way they're doing. And if not, it'll reflect in in the game's performance. It'll be inconsistencies. And I think after time, that kind of thing builds up. And parents, because they're putting all this time, like yes, the coaches are putting in more time and the players are putting in more time. But the parents are traveling three, four hours to go to games and spending their entire weekend in, in Maryland to Johns Hopkins to be able to go see this game. I would say they're allowed to say something here or there. That being said, it should never be targeted at the kids. I don't think targeting things at the coach is productive, but don't do that kind of thing at a kid, whether it be at the Little League level or the college level. Because like even March Madness, I mean, you start to see people blast things like way out of proportion and they, but they also take things too far to where you got to realize like some of these guys, especially the guys that are one and done are like 19 years old and you're, and, and they're already dealing with like all this adversity and not only trying to play at their peak performance because this, for some of them, this is for their families. Like this is, this is what they need to do. They need to have a good year. They need to have a good game. And they're also like, they're also developing their brain is still growing oh, and yeah. becoming a whole different person 19 through 23 you're becoming your adult like the adult you will become and, and that's like, why you can't criticize people like bryce harper or juan soto or even justin bieber people that at a young age are have all these lofty expectations that if you're someone like bryce harper that is on sports center on the front cover of espn magazine at like 16 17 and you go up the for next your first Babe plate Ruth. appearance. Yeah, the next Babe Ruth. And you go up for your first plate appearance and you strike out and the team boos you. Like, how how is he supposed to take that? Because me at 22, I wouldn't take that well, let alone someone at 17, 18, right? So, yeah, I, I think there's a time and place. Like, I know my dad would go to all the games and he would always yell encouragement and like to, to me or to the other players. And if there were bad officiating calls, he kind of got in the middle of that too. Like, but it wasn't – some people – especially parents, I think, yell to yell because they want to appear the loudest. And that's so prevalent at younger areas. And I think more so than, than anything is baseball. Like, I mm-hmm. think you guys hit it hit it real hard. Like, Little League Babe Ruth, that's whenever you get parents that think their kid is way too good and, and they think they, – they put their kid above everyone else, which, I mean, I don't know. I think you see where I'm coming from, but no, I, I completely see where you're coming from mm-hmm. parent. I think the thing about, I keep saying, I think the thing about baseball is it's, it's not an easy sport, but parents seem to think that it is. Mm-hmm. So they think that their kids is automatically better than what they actually are. Or they see the kid and, in the batting cage or when they're practicing with them yeah. as opposed to, being in the all game. the practices, and that's that's something that uh, happens in college football. 
that first blue gold game. That's our our depth chart. Even though like as a freshman, it's really hard to like crack any of that and really show yourself off because you're adjusting mm-hmm. and everything. That whenever parents come to that and they're used to their kids being the stars on the team and their very last string, like there were a lot of parents that are like, well, in high school you dominated all these kids and these kids can't be much better than you. Well, you're 18, 19 going up against grown men that are 21, 22. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. You have to, you have to put your time in, but sometimes parents assume and it, the reality that that's not just that's just not how it is right but baseball is also very very individual based too so mm-hmm. you know you know who's good because each play that they're involved in they're the ones that have to make a play basketball mm-hmm. you don't i mean if you're a good passer you would never have to know if you're a good shooter you know what i mean mm-hmm. if you if you're a really good passer you pass someone they make a three-pointer you would have no idea if they're a good shooter or not baseball every single play that you make every single bat uh, batting uh appearance that you would make you, you can tell if you're good or not. Everything's individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you guys are thinking about, but we can either do like a real quick rundown of the rest of the ones we have, or we can save these for next time because I think we're getting really close to to ending this guy. So whatever you want to do, up I, to you. I mean, I, I think we covered enough for, for today. Yeah. We, we talked about a lot of different things that, that irritate us, and we have we definitely do have more on this list. But I don't necessarily – I feel like some of these we could get into and we don't want to just rush it real quick. I feel like some of these we could talk just as long, if not more, about than we already talked about today. So if you guys right. want to close it at that, if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So as usual, uh, thanks again for listening. If you made it this far, please subscribe and leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. So we're on Spreaker. We're on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify, and I actually submitted for a few, I didn't talk to you guys about this, but I submitted for a few other ones, so hopefully uh, within the next week or so we'll hear back and try to expand ourselves a little bit more on all our social media. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at VacantHousePC. Give us a follow. Remember to shoot us uh, a question or a, a topic you want us to talk about for the mailbag episode. That'll probably be in maybe two, three weeks. It'll depend on how long we're, we want to collect stuff here. But until next time, I appreciate you guys listening and keep your thoughts alive. Mm-hmm.